Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Old-time Big Ten football. Yeah. Touchdown, Purdue! Well, we really hit a stretch here that is important for Purdue. Not only in terms of finishing the season strong, but also finding out what this team is going to be like in the 2024 season, the 2025 season. And we're going to find out what this team is really made of. We're going to find out what this coaching staff is really made of is this coaching staff have this team engaged and ready to play and still find the motivation the energy the want to in these final three weeks when there is no postseason on the line the only thing that's really meaningful the rest of the way is that old oaken bucket and we still have a couple weeks until that is in in play but we're going to find out what this team is made of starting this week when Minnesota comes to town. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another edition of the Behind the Rails of Purdue Football on the Believe Network, presented by Bet Online. I'm your host, Bryce Vance. Now, I always check the betting lines, you know, to see where Vegas has these games. And last week was pretty spot on with. How uh, how Purdue lost that game pretty much. Um, I think they did end up covering though if he vote uh, went the uh, you know went with the points. It's opened as a twenty eight point underdog and they finished as a twenty eight point underdog underdog, but that line grew to thirty two thirty two and a half depending on where you got it. And it was at thirty two and a half with our friends at Bet Online. Uh, this game this week with Minnesota coming to town and perceived to be the better team, and I think probably are the better team, and but are still pretty banged up in a lot of aspects. Both these teams really, um, and both have had subpar quarterback play, have gotten um, some really good performances out of their running backs, but I think there's more similarities than we think with these two teams, and we'll dive deep into those. But this game. That's going to kick off 3.30 NBC at Ross-Hade Stadium, the first time Purdue has been there in a month. Started as a one-point underdog for Purdue, and that line has moved around just a little bit, and now it's a pick according to our friends at BetOnline. And BetOnline is the place to get your odds and ends for all this betting stuff that has seemed to have exploded over the last few years. and the last of the major sports has kicked off and is rolling. College basketball is also ready to go. Boilermakers with a big win, huge win over Sanford to start their basketball season. Bet online remains your top spot for all your live action and contest. 
NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and prediction. All hoops, betting action, along with every sport, right at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to the BetOnline. Head to BetOnline today. And remember to use our promo code Believe B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline where the game starts. Minnesota has a lot to play for with this game. They're still in the Big Ten West um, title chase, trying to get to that Big Ten title game in Indianapolis in a, in a few weeks. It's The Big Ten West is just an utterly god-awful disaster, and we kind of knew that coming in. We didn't know it was probably going to be this bad. We thought maybe Iowa and Wisconsin would separate themselves, and maybe Iowa would have if they didn't have Deacon Hill at quarterback. Cade McNamara uh, was more healthy. I think he would maybe have made a difference in that Minnesota-Iowa game. Um, Maybe made the difference in it not only being just a one-score game against Purdue. So, But Minnesota is still... I think has a chance some other things have to happen. I think they need to win out, win their final three games, and are still playing for something. They can become bowl eligible with a win this week at Purdue. So Purdue can play the role of spoiler. Um, If they can embrace that, can this team embrace something? Can they use that as a rallying cry? Because – there's really nothing left to play for except for the want to improve, the want to prove to these coaches that I still want to be a part of this program and I'm willing to show you what I am going to do to stay a part of this program and increase my spot on the depth chart. Or if you are in that number one spot, I need to stay in this spot for the rest of my career. Um, so I think that's the area where you could prove yourself, um, for this team. You're still playing as a, as a, as a team, obviously to get the win that would, you know, make you feel better about yourself. But I think it's become maybe just slightly more individualistic with, I need to put out some good tape, whether you are a, a person or a, a player that is looking to move on. I think there's going to be, you know, there's, I I believe there's probably going to be at least close to double digit, you know, guys that are probably going to move on from the program and via the transfer portal. It's just the day we live in. And the, this day and age is, is you transfer. If you're not getting enough playing time, if, if you don't feel like that, this is a right fit for you. Maybe you gave Ryan Walters, uh, a chance for you know one season with the new coaching staff maybe you don't like the way that things are trending right now but maybe you are one of those players that likes how this is going but maybe you don't like how this is going I, I phrased that wrong but you see the vision of where this could be in two to three years and you want to stick around if especially if you're one of those younger guys um, like a Dylan Thieneman like a Scorton like a Jenkins yeah next year should be better you would expect to be better with the recruiting class coming in. You hopefully you can get in some guys from the portal. You hopefully everybody's going to be healthier next season. Maybe you change some things in the weight room and the strength and conditioning program in the offseason to 
hopefully mitigate those types of injuries that are that are happening. But I, I just think that there's going to be some things that that we need to pay you know close attention to on whether or not these guys are are really fully bought in for these final three weeks. And I think Ryan Walters did a good enough job explaining in his press conference, you know, he said, obviously it's disappointment. You know, everybody knows that there's no postseason uh, for this program. I, I highly doubt they're going to get, you know, one of those five and seven teams, the one five and seven team that may get a bowl bid. I just don't think Purdue has, you know, played well enough to earn that. And I think that, that a lot of that goes on, you know, how you do in the classroom, your academics and stuff like that. But I just don't see Purdue getting to five and seven, to be honest with you. I don't think they went out. I, w- I would love them to win out because it's been pretty damn depressing to talk about this team for the last, you know, five weeks. Ever since the Illinois game, this team has just been absolutely dreadful, especially on one side of the ball. So it's it's just been it's it's just been a season that has trended in the wrong direction and Purdue definitely needs a win. The fan base I think would need a win just as a little pick me up. I know they've kind of they've written off this season at that at all. Like there there there's no chance of hey, let's go fill up Ross Aid for these two uh, the final two home games. That's just not going to happen. I, I expect sparse crowds. But I I just I'm interested to see what this team looks like now that you know, and you, they probably knew going into last week that this season, but Hey, they kept fighting. They fought all the way throughout the game against Michigan. Yes. Michigan just over overpowered them. You know, they have better players, better athletes, a deeper team and Purdue is trying to at least get near that then. And it's going to take a, at least a few years before Purdue gets anywhere close to that where they're actually being able to compete on on the types of a level with the level with the types of a, of a Michigan team. So this game this week, Minnesota still has something to play for. Walters did mention a, a few players that he, um, you know, saw on tape and stood out to him. Tyler Newbin being one of them. I think he probably, you know, saw him on the, they, they, he knew a lot of this, this team because he's been in the big 10 West. Uh, for the last three three years now, and he mentioned Tyler Newbin. Tyler Newbin's a stud. Um, Justin Wally is also really good in that secondary. Um, they, uh, I think Trayvon Jones is also another guy that has been very productive this year for the Gophers. Their pass defense is is pretty good. Uh, rush defense isn't bad either. Uh, they have a lot of guys that can create some disruption up front, and I. I believe that that is what is going to carry this team this week and has really carried them uh, all season because their offense is similar to Purdue's. And I think that's where a lot of the scenarios or the similarities, excuse me, are with these two teams. Both teams have quarterbacks that came in with expectations that we're going to throw the ball all around. We have these weapons or perceived weapons and that they think we're going to be able to throw the ball a lot and be productive. Um, you know, looking at the previews for Minnesota at the beginning of the year, there was a whole, you know, philosophical change offensively that, hey, now that, you know, 
we have moved on with uh, one of our most productive running backs um, and, and Mo Ibrahim, Ibrahim, that we're we're just going to you know switch up gears. We're going to become a pass-first team. Maybe not so much pass-first, but we're going to be more balanced. We're not going to lean so heavy on the rush like we were last year. Because like, I think they were behind like only the three Naval Academies in rush attempts last year. That's how much they ran the dang ball. They're fourth in the country in rush attempts um, or rush percentage, you know, in the, in terms of, of, of their play calling. So it's, it's going to be interesting and they, and they've completely, you know, gone away from that. The the passing game has not worked. I think they've been banged up in, in the, in the receiving core. They just haven't been able to get some of their certain weapons going that they thought, you know, were going to be uh, dynamic types um, in, you know, I think they've been beat up in, in a couple of areas, and it just hasn't been a stellar offense. Uh, Ethan Kaliak Manis, their quarterback, has just been inconsistent. He hasn't thrown for over 200 yards in a game this year. He's thrown for exactly 200 in one game, but he's only averaging 143 yards per game. He has a 10 to 7 touchdown to interception ratio and is only completing 54% of his passes. Only three receivers have double-digit catches, and it's the, the the spread on them is just incredible. Daniel Jackson leads the team with 38 catches. The next one, I think, is in the 20s and then the teens, um, which is Brevin Span forward, and he just barely, I think, I believe, eclipsed. Now he might be closer to 20, uh, but he hasn't been all that productive. Uh, he's still a can be a game changer. He's still got that type of talent. You know, coming into the year, uh, he was probably one of the top tight ends in the in the country, probably top 10. Uh, but Daniel Jackson is their go-to weapon right now. He's the, been the most consistent weapon for them all season. Um, he has over 500 yards and, uh, and seven touchdowns. So seven of the 10 touchdowns from Kaliak Manis have gone to Jackson. So you're going to put some of your best guys on him, you know, maybe have most of your focus in the passing game you know, game on him uh, because you're going to want to try to shut down the run. Um, it's Jordan Newbin, you know, Tyler Newbin's, I believe, brother. And you want to stop him. You want to stop Darius Taylor if he does play. Um, he's been dealing with injuries and he's been in and out of the lineup. Taylor is dangerous when he does play. 5.7 yards per carry. Newbin had a huge breakout game two weeks ago, ran for over 200 yards. He was you know, more along the lines of held in check last week against Illinois, only 75 yards on the ground. But I, and, and I think that this Purdue defense can hold the running game in check. That's the one thing that I think I've been impressed with the most. And I haven't looked at it and I, and I want to, and I, I had the thought the other day, um, what are running backs averaging? against this Purdue defense as opposed to quarterbacks and receivers that are on jet sweeps because they've done a decent job of holding down running backs and in yards per carry. Um, you know, outside of Caleb Johnson's one big run against Iowa, it really held him in check, really didn't have another big run until that. Ohio State didn't run the ball super effectively either, but they threw the ball pretty well. And that's where this passing defense could come into play this week. Is this the 
week that Kaliak Manis, you know, throws for over 200 yards and looks like the quarterback he was promised to be at the beginning of the year may be. You know, a lot of quarterbacks have had success against this Purdue secondary, and Kaliak Manis could be one of them. Um, he's pretty talented. He's just been inconsistent, and he was very raw coming into this year. He played a little bit last year um, in in kind of a backup role. I think he did he did start a handful of games, but still very new. Um, but that new excuse has worn off by now. You should be playing a whole lot better. You should be playing much more consistent, and he just hasn't. He's been sacked more than three times per game this year. The offensive line has not done a great job at allowing him to set his feet and throw and and protect him um, all that much. So I think that's leading to some of the inconsistency and maybe just the decision-making on, on, on his end hasn't been the greatest either. So I'm, I'm interested to see what this defense does. I, I mean, I am expecting, them to do their best to shut down Jackson and keep an eye on Brevin's uh, uh, span forward uh, because he can be dangerous as well. And then slowing down that running game. If you can slow down the running game and put the game on Kaliak Manix's shoulders, I think you'll be able to stay in this game because it's not like last week where you can shut down the running game. You can keep Corum and Edwards in check, but then you allow a jet sweep to go off for, you know, a a huge run and kind of a, Uh, a run that, you know, really gave the momentum back to Michigan. I don't think it was ever really fully in towards Purdue's way, but, you know, they had several drives where they were getting punts and stops and turnovers and and doing all sorts of that thing, and that that just kind of reopened the floodgates for Michigan to continue to regain the momentum and and continue on. So, and it's not like you're facing a, a quarterback like you did last week in JJ McCarthy, who's, you know, one of the Heisman favorites right now and and was able to throw the ball with very good accuracy most of the time. There were still some throws where I was like, man, he just missed him. Um he had some wide open guys and he just missed him or um were just off target a little bit. So I, I expect this defense still to play well. I I think against Big Ten West teams, they have played for the most part pretty well and I would expect that once again this week against a struggling quarterback against a run game that you don't know if you're going to have your best back on the field so even if he does play I don't expect him to be fully 100% effective but you never know uh, he's he's missed quite a few times quite a few games so he could come back and, and be ready to go it's kind of a I believe a game time decision on whether or not Darius Taylor will play. So on the other side of the field, Minnesota's defense is good. Uh, it's not the Iowa's, the Ohio State's, the Michigan's level that Purdue has faced here recently. I don't even think it's as good as Nebraska's has been at times this year, especially when stopping the running game. But it's still pretty darn good. Uh, the defense has forced at least one turnover in eight of the nine games this year. And uh, they've had six games where they're forced multiple turnovers um, and they forced, you know, a handful that were three and four turnovers per game. Tyler Newbin, who I mentioned at the top of the podcast, he has four interceptions, Justin Wally, eight pass breakups. Um, and that secondary is, is pretty darn good. It's, it's got a lot of younger guys as well, but 
probably not so young now that we're this late in the season, getting more experience and getting better. Um, Danny Stringo is uh, one of their best rushers, uh, one of their best linemen. He has five sacks, Ja Joyner, four and a half sacks, and he has three in the last two games. So he's kind of getting going here later on. And if, if those two guys are going against a, a beat-up offensive line, uh, we have no idea where Gus Hartwig is going to play. Um, I the, the offense is just an absolute mess. You know, Mershon Rice, done for the year. Uh, Yassin, I doubt he plays. He's still listed on the 2D, but Ryan Walters really wasn't that convincing on whether or not he would play. I wouldn't expect him to. So expect, you know, more Dixon Veal, uh, expect um, more, more maybe Jerron Tibbs plays a little bit more. Uh, I, I just think that we're at a point where we're just trying to see new faces. And I, I would, I would like to see more Garrett Miller get involved. I think they tried to last week and just weren't able to, you know, get the ball to him in, in a lot of these instances. I just want to see more easy throws. And I just don't think that's going to happen. This week against Minnesota, a team that can rush the passer, can stop the running game, and has you know two really good guys in the back end of their defense that are going to be able to come up and either break a pass up or, or intercept it. So it's going to be a very challenging day for the offense, and we've seen that multiple times with this offense here since the Illinois game. I mean, they haven't scored over 14 points since then it's just been an utter disaster offense offensively and they were still in that nebraska game late they were still in the iowa game late and i expect it to be one of those ugly big 10 west type of games where turnovers are going to be crucial purdue can force turnovers we've seen them do that um pretty consistently this year. They've done a really good job, whether it's Thienemann or it's Jenkins getting, you know, a strip uh, fumble and taking it back to the house. I, I, and we're seeing more and more younger guys getting in, in there as well. And I think that was one of the things that Ryan Walter stressed um, or talked about that. Hey, we might see some more of these younger freshmen, redshirt freshmen. We've seen redshirt freshman Dominic moon get in there as well. So we're starting to see more more younger guys. Obviously, that is in part to injury, um, but also these guys are are needing to see the field to know what you have going forward. Because there's nothing like live reps um, and game reps. Because you can do things in practice to simulate a game as much as possible, but nothing is as valuable as live reps in a game. And against a, a Big Ten team, uh, against a, a Michigan type, where you know some of the freshmen got baptized last week, um, and some have had to play against Ohio State, so they know the competition that they need to be at and how they need to raise their level. So, I I just think that it's going to be a challenging week for points for both teams. I expect Minnesota's offense to struggle as well through the air. I expect Purdue's uh, passing game to struggle as well just because nobody has really emerged or really shined in the passing game and when you face a secondary like this that I think is is pretty darn good it's going to be even more difficult and when your offense is beat up and Hudson just hasn't looked like himself 
for quite some time. I don't think he's comfortable out there. I don't know how much he trusts his offensive line, even though they won't say it. I, it's it's just hard for me to think that this offense can do anything more than twenty points, and that's why that's why it leads me to picking Minnesota in this game, twenty four to twenty one. I just think it's going to be another ugly game, ugly Big Ten West type of game that going to feature turnovers, three and outs, punts, defensive plays, struggling offense, you name it. Anything that describes Big Ten West football, this game's going to have it. And the game next week, yeah, that's going to have it as well. And the game against IU, oh yeah, that's going to have it as well. These last three games, not going to be fun to watch. But hey, I'm going to do it for you. And we'll be here to talk about it on Sunday. We'll be here to preview the next game on Thursday, just like we have done here today. So if you haven't subscribed already, um, the, the channel is slowly growing on YouTube. We're gaining more followers on Apple Music or Apple Podcast and Spotify as well. So keep following, keep sharing, keep telling your friends about it, and just let them know we have a good time over here. We we talk about the games, but, you know, more than just the game, we try to talk about other things surrounding this program as well. So, give me a follow on socials as well, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, the, all the links are below as well if you want to give me a follow or email the show as well. So, until on Sunday morning when we do our recap show, make sure you guys are tuned in for that one. I've been your host, Bryce Vance. This has been another edition of Behind the Rails of Purdue Football presented by Bet Online on the Believe Network. See you guys on Sunday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 